0: Hey there folks, welcome to Truth In A Thousand Words Or Less, my name is always Stephen Craig. I am the host and author of Truth In A Thousand Words Or Less. Um, I, I love having Rage Against the Machine as the opener on this show, I really, really do. But it has probably never been more apt than it is right here today. Testify bitches. Um. Yeah. I, I. I'm pretty damn mad, <laughs> and I hope all of you are too. Um. I think that's. I think that's about the only reaction you can have. Uh. To what. What's gone down and what's been uh, leaked that the Supreme Court is set to do uh, later this year. Um. I don't know what else. I don't know what other reaction you can have to that. Um. I mean. I guess you could be. I mean I guess you could be psyched about it but that that uh, that pretty much makes you an asshole. Um uh, you know, I'm almost at a loss for words but God knows you know, you know better than that. You know I'm not at a loss for words, I'm going to be telling plenty of them to you today. But uh and this is going to be the first of a two part um a two parter. Uh, it's interesting I actually have a two part series that was set to I had it all set and ready to go. Um for, uh, for the next couple weeks And uh, that has uh, been put on the back burner Because uh, this issue is just way too important It's a part of a two-parter I'm going to, uh, over the next uh, two weeks uh, Talk about how this Supreme Court decision uh, The one that was, um, it was uh, penned by uh, Justice Alito Of the United States Supreme Court How uh, this represents uh, the potential demise Of both democracy and freedom uh in the united states and how this has been a long time coming and that this um is what uh the modern republican party is all about and i you know i'm gonna start off by saying that um i've had a lot of folks out there who have asked me about um you know said listen i don't i don't like playing politics i i just i don't like the whole two-party system and i and i get it you know and uh i have a really brilliant uh student of mine uh his name is ben barber um that's B-A-R-B-O-U-R. I tell you that because he's a brilliant writer out there. Check out his stuff. Uh, he's um, a big fan of, uh, of this show as well. And um, I have to tell you that um, he writes a lot about how both the whole two-party system is broken. And that, uh, and that in fact, uh, both parties uh, really subscribe to an oligarchical um, view of the world. Uh, and, and I agree. Um, he's not wrong. Uh, but there is only one party in this country um, that is trying to undo democracy and freedom itself, uh, and that's what this—that's uh, what this whole next uh, two weeks in Truth in a Thousand Words or less is going to be about. And I, you know, it just uh, disgusts me that uh, the people on the right, including the justices themselves, are focused in on the fact that it got leaked, which is not acceptable. I completely get you. Um. But that pales in comparison to what these people are about to foist on the American public. And don't, you know, um, it, it's, it's almost disgusting to suggest that, the, you know, that the institution of the Supreme Court itself is somehow more important than the actual lives of the American people, the actual lives of women. And to be honest, all of us in the United States who will be impacted uh, by this decision, because it's far more reaching than you may at first appear. If you think this is just about abortion, you are gravely mistaken. Um, first of all, it's going to get to the issues that we talk about, but the uh, and I'll and I'll uh, sort of uh, go into this a bit more next week. Um, but the the way that the opinion was written by Alito. While he says that it specifically only addresses abortion, the legal rationale that um, he uses to, to, as the foundation for his argument inevitably suggests that um, the federal government itself, the United States Supreme Court, the Constitution, doesn't protect the legal rights of Americans that those rights are left to the states to decide whether or not you have them. Uh, uh, an entire revision of everything that we've understood the Constitution to to mean. And it means that all of those basic legal protections, all of those rights that we have understood the Constitution to protect over and used the Constitution to protect over the last century-plus, ever since we eradicated slavery in this country, all of those rights are now on the table to be left and sent back to the states. And and that is some scary shit when you think about the hillbilly states that make up part of this country and what they want to do. Um, So, no, I'm not... Uh, Again, I I too believe that both parties uh, inevitably uh, support a schism in this country. Uh, that inevitably, it's a this country is largely run by an oligarchy itself. We we look at the Russian oligarchy and point to that and how fucked up that is. But uh, let's face it, we're we're one too. I totally get it. But there is one party out there that is really trying to undo everything that this country stands for. Um, they have no desire to see democracy and freedom flourish in this country. Um, so all those rights that you thought that you had, um, the rights to gay marriage, the rights to contraception, the rights to vote, all of those things, um, can be taken away according to the legal arguments that, um, the legal arguments that Alito puts forward in this decision that got leaked to the um, to Politico and the New York Times, and for those people out there who want to tell you that uh, that this doesn't make this decision doesn't make abortion illegal, that the Supreme Court's not really weighing in on abortion itself, that's that's a complete red herring. It's complete and utter bullshit. We all know exactly what it's doing. They are completely reversing. Roe versus Wade and making abortion, for all intents and purposes, you can sit there and try to try to backdoor it all they want and go. Well, you know, it's just go. Cool. They know that there have already been laws established in 13 states that said as soon as Roe versus Wade is overturned, it will automatically trigger laws in 13 different states outlawing abortion. The minute this decision goes down, abortion becomes illegal in approximately 13 states automatically, and we know that it will be in at least 25 states. That means that almost half of American women will live in states where they will no longer have access to abortions. And the repercussions of this are huge. When you start thinking about what, will, what people will do in those states... Right. I've had a bunch of people. My kid immediately was like, Well, you know, the people in women that live in Texas and Oklahoma and God knows where, all the Mississippi, Alabama, all those completely redneck states will move. Yeah. They're gonna move to the states that aren't <laughs> redneck hillbilly states. They're all going to move, right? And and so it's going to even further divide the divide in our country. And as I point out in this column, uh, we already have an issue in terms of the uh, representation, representational democracy and it's uh, favoring of small states like Wyoming, South Dakota, right? That all of these small states, the population will inevitably, right? Women will move if they can. Now this will disproportionately affect women of lesser financial means. Namely, in in large part, Latino and black women. So this will disproportionately impact folks on the lower socioeconomic scale. Um, And it will leave those people who can afford to move out of those states, leave them moving towards places where they're already moving to, like here in Colorado, um, the East Coast, California there will be mass exodus out of the states, and it will only further exacerbate the disproportionate representation, disproportionate representational power of those small states because their population will get even smaller. They'll still get two senators. They will still have, right, even though they will represent less people and a lesser, smaller part of the United States, they will still have... A lot of the uh political power um that they already uh that they already have and maintain and and it will just further exacerbate that and um it's so this idea that somehow or another uh that the supreme court that this is just them following the constitution um that they are not going about the idea of using activist judges that they put on the court that they politicized the supreme court um is just the most bullshittiest argument and the biggest loophole around and and anybody who's trying to use that argument um if they don't know better I, i i'm appalled that they wouldn't so in any case uh let me get you to this week's column um You probably want to just hear it at this point. I apologize uh, in advance for the, uh, I will apologize in advance for the, uh, for the vulgarity of the title, but heck, uh, if our former, it's based on what our former president said. So if you find it offensive, why don't you find it offensive in Donald Trump and and not vote for him? If If you're going to be offended because I use it in the title of a podcast episode, you sure as hell should have found it offensive coming out of the mouth of a former president. This week's title is uh, The Supreme Court Just Grabbed Women and the Rest of Us by the Pussy. I am angry today. Like, seething, foaming at the mouth angry. That's because, like many of you, I woke up Tuesday morning to the news of the leaked U.S. Supreme Court opinion that is set to undo generations of legal protection for women's reproduction rights by overturning Roe v. Wade. And no, unlike Chief Justice Roberts and some conservatives, I am not upset about the leak itself. That's because, in the face of a far more alarming betrayal of the rights of women and really all Americans, I could give two shits and a fig leaf about the rights of these Supreme Court Justices. Yeah, I'm that kind of angry, as should each and every American citizen. But they haven't been not enough anyways sure i am angry for my daughter and every other woman in the united states who are just about to be set back centuries to the days of subservience to male oppression and patriarchal dominance but i will leave those more immediate and obvious impacts to others to discuss there are even weightier casualties and ramifications to consider this is the first of a two-part column on how this looming decision signals the end of the core values of freedom and democracy that were once the very building blocks this country was founded on make no mistake the republican party has no interest whatsoever in preserving the democratic process that the founding fathers envisioned as the representational democracy they created they have been doing this for years, using a slow-drip process to erode the very nature of democracy itself. They know they are a minority in this country, but they want to foist their minority vision upon the rest of us nonetheless. They know they cannot win elections fairly, so they steal them, ironically whining that they have been compromised even when they lose. In fact, questioning the integrity of any election they lose has now become an actual vocalized party platform. When they win, elections have consequences. When they lose, voter fraud must have been rampant. But their base is simply too stupid and easily manipulated to see this patently obvious contradiction for just what it is. After all, how did we get to this point? Where abortion is set to be illegal and unavailable for a majority of the women in this country, even though nearly 60%, it's over 59% of Americans, support legal abortions. While the founding fathers did want to protect against the tyranny of the majority, we all must acknowledge that this kind of tyranny of the minority constitutes something far, far worse. Elections are indeed supposed to have consequences but our elections no longer have the type of consequences the founders of this nation intended. Due to the population demographics of this country and the way both the Senate and Electoral College are constituted, small rural states like Wyoming and South Dakota are given far more weight than the places where people actually live, you know, like New York and California. The founders never intended this type of disproportional representation where the votes of citizens in hillbilly havens are granted significantly more per capita influence than their more cosmopolitan counterparts. And if you want to get into it with me about that, please go ahead and write me. I will school you on the reason for the uh, for inevitably the Connecticut Compromise, okay? If you don't know what the Connecticut Compromise is, then shut your mouth <laughs> because you don't even know what you're talking about, okay? So if you want to come and talk to me about why we should maintain the idea of the Senate, each state, getting two, two senators and the way that the Electoral College is processed. Come at me. Come at me. I won't, I won't make you look so dumb. <laughs> the idea was that each citizen would have equal say in the representation of our democracy. But that notion has been undone. Nowhere has this become more evident than in presidential elections and the makeup of the Supreme Court the one institution that was supposed to be above the fray of partisan political wrangling, only to find itself deeply thrust into the equation by the devious manipulation of Republican senators. The Republican Party has won the popular vote in exactly one, one presidential election since 1988. Yet somehow they have nominated six of the nine current Supreme Court justices, to put that in perspective, I was still in high school in 1988, and I am more than half a century old. That's right. One, they have won the popular vote in one election in all the time that I could vote. You could be in your 30s and have only seen a Republican presidential candidate get more votes once in your entire lifetime. In two of those cases, the Electoral College failed the will of the American people by favoring small rural states with disproportional representation in the democratic process. But even factoring out that grave injustice to the notion of representational governance, Democrats have won five presidential elections during that time to Republicans three. And yet somehow, Republicans hold a 6-3 to supermajority on the Supreme Court. Hmm... And if you're guessing that there has to be some dirty politics involved in that, (laughs) you damn well better believe it. Now, I've written about this before in a piece called I Double Dog Dare You, Republicans, published in the wake of Ruth Bader Ginsburg's passing. But Republicans blatantly stole a Supreme Court seat right in front of the eyes of the American public. Controlling the Senate due to that same hillbilly imbalance I mentioned earlier that favors small states over large in the Constitution of the Senate, Republicans refused to even hear Obama's nomination of Merrick Garland a full 240 days before the 2016 election. I'll repeat that number so you can keep it in mind because it's going to be contrasted in just a second. Right. So they said, oh, no, 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 no. Senate Republicans sat there and said, No, we can't, you can't have a Supreme, you can't hear a Supreme Court. This is all completely unfounded bullshit. They made it up out of their asses. And they sat there and said, Oh, no, 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 you can't, you can't have uh, a hearing for a Supreme Court nomination during an election year, even though Scalia died in March and Obama made his nomination a full 240 days before the 2016 election. But then, In a move of hypocritical contortion that would even make a side street busker envious, they confirmed Amy Comey Barrett less than two weeks, two weeks before Trump lost in 2020. And it was that kind of duplicitous power grab that demonstrated to anyone who was listening that Republicans no longer had any interest in democracy, of letting the will of the people prosper In the way our founders intended. And I thought at that time that people would lose their minds. But that's exactly it. No one was listening. Especially not in the brainwashed echo chamber of right-wing media. Only months later, emboldened by the total lack of consequences for their stealing of a Supreme Court seat, Republicans then staged an attempted coup trying to overturn an actual presidential election, all under the false pretenses of election fraud with zero evidence whatsoever. Relying on an army of heavily armed zombies to stage an insurrection of our own capital, they tried to subvert the will of the people, the very foundation of democracy itself, by trying to simply toss out election results they didn't like. And it was only due to a handful of Republicans with some semblance of integrity and remaining faith in American democracy that we were saved from the true downfall of America as we know it. But if you think they haven't learned from their mistakes of 2020 and installed sycophants who will pull that trigger in 2024, (laughs) well, in the immortal words of Judas Priest, you've got another thing coming. These same morons who put American flags on every vehicle they have ever owned and swear they would die defending it have absolutely no idea of the values that flag is supposed to represent. Democracy does not come easily or freely, it requires vigilance and safeguarding. It is a value many of our founders and brave heroes since have died protecting. But as Republicans have done everything in their power to undo the very notion of democracy itself, we have sat back and idly watched it happen. And now this is the result. A total loss of our constitutional freedoms. But that, my friends, is the topic for next week's column. Until then, y'all, well, you know how it goes. Johnny, give it to me, baby. Uh, I hate to say it I'll probably be just as pissed off next week I'm not gonna lie man I I It's been a, it's been a long couple of days man um, I'll be back next week I'll be back each and every Thursday Or at least until uh, you know America itself no longer exists Because Republicans have fucking blown up this country Totally turned it into an authoritarian government, you know, the same way the Nazis did in Germany. And I don't make that comparison lightly. I used to teach a Holocaust class. I I don't make comparisons to Nazis often, but watch the watch the game plan, man. Study study a little bit of history, you know. You know, those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it. Well, <laughs> let's face it. Yeah, the people who are watching Fox News aren't exactly great uh, students of history. They're not great students on fucking any subject, for that matter, but they have no idea what the hell they're talking about. I'm sorry, but uh, the game plan that uh, Trump and uh, the Republican Party is using to, for controlling and holding onto that power, that's a whole damn lot like what the Nazis did back in the 30s. In any case, y'all, I'll be back next week. We'll talk more about it then. Until then, my name's Stephen Craig. I'm the truth. Dr- Host and author of Truth in a Thousand Words or Less. Thanks for joining us. You know where you can find us. We're out there on uh, all social media Facebook, Instagram, our website, waitingfortoday.com. I appreciate each and every one of you. See you back next Thursday, y'all. Peace out.